Hey, how are you? Welcome back to the Real Talk Hockey Podcast. As always, we have a fantastic episode for you today. But first, got to hit some spots real quick. Head on over to justition.com. Use promo code REALTALK. Save yourself 10% on your order. The latest and greatest in hockey streetwear. Maybe you saw them on Barstool last week. Not a big deal or anything. Also, head on over to verbero.com slash real, R-E-I-L-E. Save yourself 5%, or you can use the promo code REAL. Either way, great way to support the show. Hook yourself up with some brand new sticks, skates apparel you name it they got it fantastic company uh and as always leave us a review down below on apple leave us a rating check out our website that is now up and live realtalksports.com head on over to instagram twitter facebook follow us real talk real talk hockey all that fun stuff we love engaging with you all of this is possible because of you you guys have been so great we love it please keep it up uh and as always if you're talking keep it real we'll see you next week kids Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Real Talk Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Dami CNY, Dami, all the nicknames. We have Joe Conzi Jr. in the building. Joe, what's going on, man? Not much. Rocking the Joe Montana Notre Dame jersey. Let's go Irish. It's not even football season yet, though. We're talking about hockey tonight. It's fine. It's close <laughs> enough. Yeah, we are talking hockey. We have a great guest, especially for the local fans. But first, we have the one and only superstar Brad Jones. What's going on? What up? What up? Um, freezing. Tired. Tired. Blues played out. Blues played out West last night, and I'm beat. But we're here. Oh, real quick, too, so oh, that's awesome. Real oh. quick before we yeah, jump Zach in, Sanford. Zach Sanford, what happened, boys? What did I say last night? Two goal Conzi. and they won five four. <laughs> and who had two goals? Zach Sanford. Thank you very much. Hey, how are you? Oh man, okay, awesome. And our guest, who I'm sure you've heard chuckle. For those of you who are fans of our loving Utica College Pioneers, we have Clint, <laughs> New York native. Former Utica College Pioneers captain turned pro hockey player and fantastic financial advisor, Greg Burmaster. Greg, what's going on? <laughs> no, nothing much. Great intro. He's like, oh, I thought we were talking hockey. I'm going to have to do numbers tonight. You're going to be kidding me. Let me get my calculator. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks, man, for, for, for joining us. Um, you're kind of like the exact kind of guy we like to talk to just because, like, your story is kind of all over the place. Um, yep. I, I mean, there's so many different questions that I have to ask, but we'll probably just start from the beginning. I mean, it's such a stereotypical question, but how do you get into hockey? For those of them who aren't local, like Clinton's obviously a great place to play. I know you didn't stay there to play high school hockey, but what gets you into hockey? Is it like a family thing or what's going on there? For me, it was a family thing. Um, my dad played hockey his whole life, so I was born into it. I didn't I mean, not that my, my parents gave me the opportunity to play any sport that I really wanted to play, but my dad played hockey. So that was kind of the first, the first thing he kind of introduced me to. And my earliest memories ever were me playing hockey. So that's kind of how I got into it. In skates, on di- like in diapers and on skates? Yeah, my dad was just dragging me around out there. <laughs> oh, that's so great. So, yeah, so you obviously grew up in Clinton, then you ended up playing some junior hockey, you bounced around a little bit, a couple different places. Um, yep. How do you get involved in playing juniors? Like, was there no aspirations for you to play high school? Or did you know, like, right from the get, like, I'm actually pretty good at this. And, like, the way to do it is to kind of get involved in juniors or, like, even just academy school. Like, I know, again, your, your byline's kind of long. Um, was that something you just kind of excelled at right off the gate? Or were you kind of a late bloomer? Well, when I was in high school, like, I, I so I left my, uh, my junior year of high school to go play in prep school. Yeah. Um, but before that, I – I played in Syracuse. I played travel hockey. Um, and I, I kind of – during those years, I kind of wanted to play high school hockey just because, I, I mean, my, my freshman and sophomore year, I was at Clinton High School, and a lot of my friends were, were playing high school hockey. But just because of how strict my schedule was with travel, I just – I couldn't make both of them work at the same time. And that was hard for me because I, I did I, – you know, just like the long history of, of Clinton High School hockey, I, I at the time I really wanted to kind of be part of that history and – and um, like I said, a lot of my friends at the time were playing high school too. And, but just, you know, I, I had already committed, you know, at that, that time I had already played a couple of years of travel hockey and just my, my schedule wouldn't, wouldn't work with it. Right. Yeah. Clinton, Clinton women's by the way, state title last year. Oh yeah. 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 Dude. <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. So if people who say that high school hockey doesn't matter, they're full of shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <sighs> 
where, where's the direction that you go in? Like, were you planning while you're coming up through Academy and you're playing juniors? You're like, I know you went away to school. You ended up going halfway across the country, which is sick. But did you have any intentions of like trying to like, do I go to college? Do I stay in juniors and like take a chance to try to get drafted? Or like, what's the situation there? Like, did you just decide college is the way for me to go? Yeah. When I was, um, it was, a, that was a tough decision actually, but, um, my sophomore year, uh, I was still playing in Syracuse at the time. I kind of was making the decision whether I wanted to go up and play in the Ontario hockey league. Uh, there was a couple teams that had shown interest to me that were going to draft me if I was interested in going to play there. Sure. Um, but I ended up going, um, to prep school and doing the academic route, which I was, I was happy doing at the time. I kind of, I, you know, I wanted my education, I also wanted to play hockey at a high level. So that's kind of what brought me to going to play in prep school. Yeah. I was saying it worked out for you if you're doing financial advisory right now, you know, if you ever have some free time, I definitely have some questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's crazy. You talk about prep school hockey. Uh, so I'm from Rochester, New York, right down the, uh, right down the 90 there. And uh, you're going mighty ducks for a second. No, and uh, <laughs> no, not Eden hall. Uh, but no. Um, and there was a, uh, there's a high school uh, Bishop Carney and um they recently just bought like the rights to this Connecticut prep school that like went bankrupt, I think. And they're going to have a like prep school hockey team there. And I just think it's incredible. Um, it's an incredible experience. And I, you know, from what people have told me about prep school hockey and how competitive it is, I mean, were there some like heaters you had playing there? Like, were there some really good games, you know, is there, did you, oh, did you guys yeah. mix it up in prep school hockey a little bit? Yeah, no, it was, it was the real deal. I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I knew that it was a high level, um, of hockey, but I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect going to, I went to Kimball Union Academy, which is in New Hampshire. Okay. Um, and we had, I think at one point we had like 15 or 16 division one commits on our team. Wow. Jesus. Um, so we had a really good team and like we did well, but it was competitive and we were playing against other prep schools who had a similar situations who had, you know, 10 plus division one commits. And when you're putting all those guys in the same ice, it's, uh, it's definitely fun to watch and it was fun to be a part of. Would you say the routine of like the prep school? Cause I know some, like a couple friends that I had had gone to prep school and they said it kind of helps you build like a routine. You know, some people say oh, yeah. ready for college, but as far as hockey goes, you know, was the routine of getting up for practice or, or I don't know what time, maybe you practiced early in the morning. Did that help you kind of get in that mindset as you moved forward in your hockey career? It, you know, you kind of traveled. Has it always been like a routine that you've stuck with, you know, since prep school? Um, the thing about prep school that gave, it gave me a lot of structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, from a hockey standpoint, I had, I had a great structure cause I had, you know, like my, my parents, um, they gave me a lot of great tools that, that I, you know, I still use to this day. Um, so like structure wise, it, on the hockey side, it, it, I didn't really have a whole lot to, a whole lot of difficulties, but from an academic standpoint, um, prep school prepared me, I guess, for college. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, when you're kind of, I guess when you're combining the two together, like the academic and the sports side, it really set me up for, for what, you know, college hockey would be like. Um, and a lot of those things I still do use to this day. I mean, you know, the, the pro world, you got to have a structure to your life because there's, it's, it's, it's a lot. You got you know, your workouts and your, your practice and, and you're, you're kind of dealing with a lot of, with a lot of things on a daily basis. And um, yeah, so like prep, prep school for me was a good thing. I mean, some kids don't need it and other kids do, but I think um, not that I was bad academically or, or I had a bad structure before going to prep school, but it definitely set me up. Right. It's a totally different ball game. I was, I mean, you played pretty well there. I mean, you had, I, I think it was your last year, 30 games, 29 points. It's not bad. Decent season. Getting the puck moving. Jonesy, thanks for coming back. Dude, trash Wi-Fi in the Northeast. This is killing me. Well, the weather is <laughs> definitely not helping. I know I'm sure that's something that Greg doesn't miss at all. I know you mentioned they had a snowfall down in Oklahoma, so I'm sure that was a blast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was fun. Yeah, totally. Um, Speaking of snow, so we'll kind of just get into college then. How do you end up going to Colorado? Were you a snowboarder, skier? Like what's the deal? My getting to college was an interesting path for me, actually. My, um, so my junior year, when I, when I first went to prep school, like my, in my first prep school season, I committed to St. Lawrence university, which a lot of people don't actually know. Um, so I, I committed there, uh, like midway through my first prep school season. And, um, Ended up not working out. There was like three coaches replaced and 
that, you know, basically the new coaching staff that was at St. Lawrence wanted their scholarship money back. Right. So there was maybe four or five of us that, you know, basically got our scholarships pulled and all four or five of us, I forget what it is. We all, um, we all decommitted and ended up all recommitting to a division one school. So for me, I, um, I went into my first year junior, like playing juniors and, and kind of, you know, thinking that I was going to be going to St. Lawrence university and then things fell through a bit and I ended up playing another year um, because I was supposed to go in, you know, to, to St. Lawrence right after my first year. So I ended up playing another year of, uh, of juniors in Philadelphia and, and uh, found another home in, in Colorado. And so that whole process was, Brutal. A lot, of, a lot of dealing dealing with adversity. It was a lot. So I mean, it was. I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't. I don't regret the the, the path that I took. But um, at the time, like I thought, my best opportunity would have been going out to Colorado, and and that's what I ended up taking. It's such like it's great because I went to Cannes, so like I know Saint Lawrence University pretty well. Obviously, yeah. it's the same town, and it's like Saint Lawrence University is a great program, and they it's awesome when like Clarkson slew games are fantastic. And it's like, the nice thing is it's not that far from home. It's like what, two hours. And then you some yeah. like you end up all the way in Colorado. Like this is like, it's so yeah. crazy to think about that. Like that story is insane, but it seemed like, I mean, they got a pretty decent program out in Colorado. I mean, I would imagine the the environment's probably awesome. Like the state of it, just everything is probably sick, sick out there. It was awesome. I, I mean, I, I definitely, um, I had to battle more adversity there going to Colorado. I mean, there was uh, lots of ups and downs to say the least without getting like too far into it. No, feel free. Um, That's what we're here for. But, uh, but it was, it was, it was unbelievable going to to school there and um, still to this day, like have some of my best buddies and, and um, my, my girlfriend went there. So like I, I met, I met some incredible people that I, that I obviously am still in touch with today. So Right, um, right. Going to school out there was, was amazing. And then outside of, of hockey, you know, being in Colorado was awesome. I mean, it was a really fun state to be in. And then from a hockey standpoint, you're like, we're playing the best teams in college hockey, the, the North Dakotas and the Duluth and Denver. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. Did you play against anybody that's just absolutely sick that you can remember? Um, Brock Besser. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty good answer. Yeah, yeah. He just, he just said, yeah, you just throw out Brock Besser like nothing. Yeah. Like, so was his was his hair in person as angelic as it looks in in photos? <laughs> yeah, I, think it was, uh, I asked the important questions. Thank you, thank you for that. I appreciate that. This is yeah. a good question, though. But I mean, North Dakota. I mean, those guys like breed NHL players. So I mean, there was yeah. there was a lot of really good players on that team, and playing in North Dakota was. You know, probably one of the crazy, one of the one of the most crazy experiences I've ever had. Was that like? I don't. I obviously, I shouldn't say like something that would come off as intimidating. I know it's kind of like a bad word, but like, even though you guys are obviously still a, a really good program in Colorado too, but like going against against like a, a, a North Dakota say, is that like kind of intimidating? You're like, wow, like this. I mean, they generate superstars. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, but at the same time, you know, we all, we all put our skates on the same way, you know? So like once we're on the ice, it was a game and, and, and we, we played them strong. Like every time we played them almost. (laughs) So, and, and and we, we beat them a couple times too while I was there. So, I mean, it's, you you definitely get pumped up for those games because you got to think like there's guys on that team that'll play in the NHL and you're obviously fighting for your, uh, for your spot to, you know, potentially play in the NHL too. So, um yeah those games were, were a lot of fun i know we played um i can't remember who you guys played but i want to say it was in denver you played an outdoor game which must have been just absolutely bananas i'm sure that was insane yeah 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 one of my yeah one of the most special memories i have playing hockey for sure yeah that must have been i, I correct me if i'm wrong but the attendance was insane for that one i want to say where was it is it coors field i think right yep yeah Thirty-five thousand people I mean, that's, wow. that's insane. Yeah. I mean, for, yeah. so, so, so for all those of us that watch like the Lake Tahoe game with the whole ice condition and everything yeah. that happened with that, I mean, when you're playing an outdoor game, uh, what's it like, what's the speed like, does it slow down a little bit? I mean, is the ice surface a little bit different? 
yeah it's also in denver yeah, yeah. it's frustrating yeah, it was, it's uh it depends on the conditions like those guys i mean every outdoor game i feel like has diff- different conditions right, right. so right. you know depending on how warm it is that you know depends on the speed of the game really because i mean i'd say just from from my experience with it like the when the puck dropped in in denver there the the weather i mean it was a little warmer so like right. the ice wasn't great for the first period but then as soon as the uh as soon as the sun went down and we were, we were, we were playing as soon as it, like later on in the night, it got colder. Mm-hmm. So the ice right. got harder and it was, it was a faster paced game for the second and third, but I, it kind of depends on the conditions. It was probably so sick. Though. I mean, so I guess coming back to Utica college then like playing in front of that many people <laughs> coming play the odd is like really not a big deal, I guess. <laughs> no, it is. It really is. It's, it's a different experience though. I mean, I never, cause I never played, like I said, I never played high, like high school hockey. So sure. I never, I never played in front of, you know, hometown fans before. Is that why you came home? You wanted to play home? Um, I mean, it, it went into the decision for sure. Right. Um, right. but I mean, a lot of, a lot of the reason why I ended up transferring was because of other reasons, like the, just the hockey situation in Colorado wasn't working out for me and it wasn't working out for a lot of guys. And to be completely honest, it still isn't working out for a lot of guys. So, um, but, uh, but I, I, when I made the decision to come to back to Utica, it was the right decision for me. Um, not only from a hockey standpoint, but you know, it was nice coming back, coming back home and, uh, being in a, being able to play in front of a hometown crowd <laughs> is, is pretty special for me. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, you absolutely ripped it up, which is fantastic. We got, we, we have a, a brand new Utica College Pioneers fan in Joe Conzi Jr. over here. He's not from the oh, yeah. area, but now he wants to run through a brick wall for Coach Heenan, which is yeah. apparently something that's pretty, pretty, there you go. We mentioned Heenan, this guy lights right up. I love uh, it. Well, yeah. I just, I'm curious because we've asked every, every player or any former player we've had on, we've had on here, just what it was like playing for him. And I mean, what, what are your thoughts? For we even had Heenan? him on, which is great. We actually had him on too. And he was even like, I don't know what it's like playing for me but you better have snot coming out of your nose and missing teeth i mean what yeah. what's what was it like playing for coach Heenan? it was awesome um i mean i had a big a big reason as to why i ended up choosing utica um i mean from a hockey standpoint was because of coaching and I, I had a i knew him prior um to coming back you know to, to, to tr- when i transferred i, I knew him a, a couple of years beforehand so for me it was a little bit i think maybe a little bit more of an easier experience for me to, to come back to play for coach Heenan because I knew him. Um, and I kind of knew what to expect. I knew, I, and I was, you know, good friends with a lot of guys that had played for him in the past. So, um, I had, I had a little bit better an idea what to expect from him. And I knew that he was a, a coach that was going to push me. And, um, and I, I, I grew, you know, tremendously as a player, just from a, in my two years of playing for Coach Heenan, he really prepared me for where I am right now. Um, but he is a coach like no nonsense. Like he, you better, you better perform, and and you you better just you you gotta have to give your effort. And if you're not giving your effort, he re- will read right through you. And then those are the guys that don't last at Utica College. Right. Um, so I mean, he he expects a lot out of you, and and it's all for the right reasons, in my opinion. Well, here's, here's the thing I really liked about Coach Heenan. I asked him a question. I said, because he was talking about coaching his son's hockey team. And I said, you know, as you go to coach your son's hockey team, you being a college coach, do you have to dumb it down for the kids so they can help uh, compartmentalize, you know, the basic fundamentals? He goes, no, I coach them like they're a college hockey team because why would yeah. I change my coaching style? It makes them a dumb hockey player. And I yeah. sat there and I was just in awe of, like, someone that knows, like, these young kids, their mental capacity may not be as strong, but he's trying to teach teach them to, like, open up and broaden their horizons and you know some, yeah. some some people when you interview them they're just in the right spot at you know right place at the right time like he's meant for that job it's it's insane i you know like i couldn't say enough good things about him i didn't even play for him so that's yeah. why i'd ask that question you know yeah. i feel like i played for him yeah yeah i mean it and it's not you know i mean there there definitely were times that i it wasn't fun playing for him you know there's there's times when when things aren't going well that it's not, you know, what people think it may be, you know, and, and, and there, it is a love hate relationship sometimes with coaching. And, and that's the way a lot of guys, and every guy will, will say that, you know, right. there's, there's times where you're, you're, you're so pissed off about 
a thing he may do, but at the end of the day, like you'll want to run through a wall to play for him. So, and that's the way I was. Well, yeah, I was going to say when you were here, you were pretty much running through a wall. You were point per game your first season and 29 games, 46 points. That's just, just slightly better than Brandon Osmondson for you, Ozzy, out there when you hear this. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was actually going to ask and like, you don't have to give me a specific instance or anything you remember, but like when you get named captain, so like you're obviously, you're the guy in the locker room, like you're the leader. Did you and Heenan ever get into it like real bad, like at all ever? Or did, while you were there, did he ever get into it with somebody? He's probably not going to listen. Not, to that, so not like, it's fine. not really. He never, he never did anything like that publicly. Like, and when it came to him and I having conversations, like it was all like civilized conversation. I mean, if, if there was, I mean, and, and from a, being a captain, it kind of was trying to bridge the gap between the team and the coach. He talked to you like an adult. Yeah. So yeah. a lot, I mean, a lot of the time, if there was anything that I had to go to, you know, go, go to coach Heenan about, um, that he wasn't aware of, or um, if there was things that we needed as a team that he wasn't aware of, you know, those were certain, those were conversations that we had, but they were never, they never really got heated. Sure. You know, Cause they never really had to. And in, in my time there, they, they, you know, the, all the conversations that we had, they were, you know, there, it was Level pretty headed. compared to what other teams have to deal with, I guess. Right. Well, that makes sense too, though, just because you're like, just from talking to you now, like you seem like such a level-headed guy. Like you don't seem like you get very aggravated very often. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's, oh man, that's awesome. But like, I was saying earlier, like you played really well. You you actually had a four goal game. That must have been bananas. Like I know you guys were kind of running rough shot that year, and you were kind of running through that team. But four and score, scoring four goals in one game, mixing a water. My God, that must have been nuts for you. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was. I mean, and it, it was weird. Like my senior season, I was doing all right. Um, like from an individual standpoint, I was twenty goals. I was doing he all says right. all right. It's unreal. So no, modest. Like, you know, there, was a, there was a point, to be honest, there was, there was a point in the season where I was, I was getting really frustrated because like, I wasn't performing the way that I was expecting myself to perform. Right. Um, and then I, you know, luckily it, it, it kind of all came together at the right time. And like mid-season, um, I, got, I got pretty hot. Like I had back-to-back hat tricks and that that was something I never really like it wasn't that wasn't like a goal I set out before the season to had to you know to have that sort of success but um but it ended up happening and and you know to be able to do that as a captain and, and kind of be able to contribute for your team is it meant a lot to me to be able to do that sure Kanzi looking well I, I was just gonna say that you know you mentioned it, it like the season didn't start out the way it was supposed to you know, for, for maybe kids out there, you know, hockey fans that listen to our show that may be struggling with, with their game or anything, what did you do to kind of break down, break through that wall or break out of that slump to get yourself going? Well, hockey's a really funny game, like, when it comes to, you know, personal success. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you want to make sure that you're contributing in any sort of way to help a team win, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, the one thing that people see are goals, assists, and points. Right. Right. But those three things are only, those are, yeah, they're important, but they make up a minimal part of the game. Like obviously you need goals to score and I'm not downplaying that, but people don't see like, you know, your, your back checks, your block shots, your finished hits, you know, the, the little things about the game that make up a big difference. So for me, when I, when I, when I, you know, that at that point in the season, when I was kind of feeling like I wasn't performing to my, you know, greatest ability I kind of just went back and simplified the game and made sure that I was doing all the little things right and you know giving my absolute best effort because for me like if I'm if I'm not giving my best effort then I can be mad but if I'm giving my absolute best effort then I can't I can't be mad at myself I can't really complain about any sort of outcome so that's kind of what I did at that point in the season and then I kind of just took a, a weight off my off my shoulders instead of kind of focusing on like you know any sort of individual success I was it was more focused on like what sort of things can I do to make sure that you know this team is doing the best it can I like that it's playing within yourself playing like what you know yeah. how to do controlling what you can do I like that right yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah. gonna ask too do you, do you think especially like your senior year you said 
offensively, you're not doing like what you think. So you start doing all the stuff that's important. Do you think that's part of like what led you to the next level is the fact, like the willingness that even though you're the captain, you're supposed to be the superstar of the team. Like you're willing to grind and do the dirty work. And it's not just about you. Like you seem just from talking to you, like you're like exactly, he's like exactly like what coach Heenan was looking for in a player. Like if they're not successful, he takes it personally almost. That's kind of what it seems like. So do you think, doing the dirty work like that is what has made you be able to still play hockey like at this level like regardless of what it is like you're playing in in the east coast hockey league you're still in this like one percent of hockey players you know what i mean it's like crazy not everybody can just pick up the skates and play yeah um i definitely think that uh, that part of my game is is helped me get to where i am now because um like in in college i mean i had you know when i when i was playing for coaching at utica i my role was, you know, to contribute from a scoring standpoint. Right. I mean, and there was other ways that I needed to contribute as well, but a big part of my game is that I, that I also pride myself on are the little things and making sure that I can play well defensively and I'm playing a 200 foot game and I'm getting pucks to the net and driving the net hard and finishing my checks and like, you name it, like a list goes on of all the little things in the game that add up. So, yeah. In like in the pro game, it's like so I okay so I had a good senior year, right? You know, but when you when you make that next step, you go from being the team's goal scorer to being the team's grinder, right? 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 Because you're not going to step on a pro team and just expect to be on the power play like I was, or expect to be on the first line. Like you can't, you can't honestly expect that, especially me coming from a Division three program, right? I had to know that I was going to have to go to on, onto a team and, and kind of grind and do all the little things and kill penalties and, and just be tough to play against. So right. those right. are all, I mean, those are all things that kind of translate at any level. So, I mean, you know, goal scoring and, and being effective on the score sheet, you know, it goes a long way, but to, you know, to really have a role on in, in the, at the professional level, like you need to do so many things, right. You can't, you can't just be able to shoot the puck or pass the puck. Right. Right. So. Was that like something for you? Like when you step on the ice, like at the next level, it's like, wow, like these guys are like, I'm, I played against some good guys. These guys are insane. Like, did you have that kind of moment or was it kind of an adjustment where you're like, yeah, this is obviously more competitive, but I feel like I belong here. Um, it was more of the latter. Like I, I felt, I felt like, um, I felt like I belong right. and I, I, I really did feel like that. It's more, it more comes down to opportunity at the pro sure. level because you got to think every, every pro team is made up of every previous team's best players. Right. 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 Yeah. So it's like all these, all these really good players are, are now stepping into the pro game and are on one team. Right. Sure. So a lot of it is a lot of it is finding you know a role a role that you can play on the team that that helps a team win games because that's what it's about. Like you can't just build a team of all skill players. Right. You're not going to win any games. You got to have like your your top six guys that are your skill guys, your 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 power play guys, and you got to have like a good third line. And like you can you can see it like teams build like this in the NHL. Right. The top six are their power play guys, their skill guys, they're their point getters. Their third line is a mix of the bo- of of the two, and then the fourth line is your grinders. Right. I got to builds a good team. In my opinion. I got I got a text shout out. I had to give it to you because I had called your uh, your good buddy Matt Amodio before I jumped on the show with you because I was <laughs> asking for some inside juice because I used to oh, work God. with him at Dicks. Don't ask. Don't ask that. No, I did. I called him and he didn't answer me, and then he just texted me back and he laughed at my voicemail and he goes, he told my Tom I said hello, so Matt Amodio says hello. <laughs> oh man, dude, that's. Okay. So, Berm, we just talked, I mean, you just talked about doing all of the, all those little things, you know, so obviously you're getting ready to play in the pro game. In the off season leading up to, you know, you getting into the plane in the E, the coast, did you, was there one part of your game that you're like, if I'm going to make it here, I have to improve this particular point of my game. Like you said, and you see you scored a lot or you were looked upon to score. Is there like a, a portion of that game that in the off season you just hammered down like face-offs or, you know, getting faster and skating? Or were you just kind of like, let me approach it with what I got and then figure it out from there. Um, so for me personally, like one thing that I knew that I needed to work on was like my defensive side of the game. So being really good defensively, because if a coach can trust you 
at the end of a game to, to play good defense, then that's, that's a, that's a huge part. So for me kind of coming into this season, that's, that's one aspect of the game that I need, know I needed to work on was, you know, being responsible defensively because I mean, in, in this league, especially if you're responsible defensively, you, you know, you may get an opportunity that somebody else may not get. So um, that was one thing. And that's, that comes to, I mean, that's, that's not really like a skill per se. That's more of like a, mindset internal yeah it, it really is like so I I kind of I broke down video and you know it 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 lost a watch a lot of hot NHL games right you know and seeing what guys do and and some of that comes down to like willingness to block shots and take hits to like get the puck out of the zone and stuff like that um but there, yeah that's that's one part of my game that I think I've improved on you know the most is is my defensive side of the puck and you know being able to, to contribute that way I'm so happy you brought that up because like, we'll have a guy we had, we've had two guests on this show. This is a hockey show who say that they are involved in the game, but they don't even watch hockey. So I'm so happy that you brought up that you watch the NHL. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, who's your, who's your some guys, some guys don't. Well, no, it makes sense. Cause it's like work, but like, who, okay. So who's your team? I'm a Penguins fan. Ah, I know what I told you. Oh yeah. So you're, yeah. you're like, you're not, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Crosby lover. I know a lot of people are a greatness denier, but I'm a big Crosby guy. Uh, yeah. So right now, I mean, this is brutal right now. Having them going through COVID. This is, this is not good. It's not a good situation. Yeah, no, Bad timing for the pens. I know. I know. It's not, it's not great timing for those guys, especially, but I know they like, they, they've had some, obviously some really good seasons, but I hate to say it, but I feel like they're a, a rebuild is going to happen at some point. We're, sure. we're up they're up 3-1 yeah. right now they're, on the flyers yeah i know i know like they're they're still having a good season but like all their stars are getting older yeah yeah, yeah. so it's going to come down to them whether they want to be a part of the rebuild or if they're going to want to go and win more win a cup somewhere else right Kanzi, what were you going to say we've got you... people talking about we got people we got people talking about sid going to colorado yeah. for picks and prospects and i thought about it the other day and i was like you know what as much as I know Pittsburgh would hurt, and I know he wants to stay there, that'd be like the best oh. thing he could do for the Penguins because I was thinking about it. Gino can play yeah. by himself. So sick. New prospects, and Sid, and Sid could go play yeah. for Colorado and be sick. But I was thinking about it the other day. It, they were doing it on spit and chicklets, and I was like, that's actually yeah. not a bad no, idea. No, it's not. No, it's like, not. Him going I mean, to Colorado, but. You know. it, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's hard to say. And I, I got to imagine that that decision for him would be extremely tough, you know, like what's best, you know, cause yeah. it, that's the only place he's been, you know, so it's, it's going to come, you know, mm -hmm. what's best for Pittsburgh, what's best for him. You, uh, cons your boy scored yes. for the flyers, by the way, Joel Farabee. <laughs> yeah. Which I had a question. You, did you, pl you played with Joel's brother, yeah, right? We were, we were in Syracuse. Like all boy. through travel. Yeah. Hockey, Greg's like, yeah, let's not talk about me. Let's talk about everybody else. This is yeah. good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because I like no, it. I saw therapy in a gold. He was always around. I I mean, we, I remember Joel as a kid. I haven't seen him in a long time, but yeah, his brother and I. Wait for a game in the yeah. NHL now. <laughs> yeah, crazy. What about um, Kanzi? What was the other name you noticed too? There was one more. I can't remember what it was. Hextel. Oh, there was a Hextel on one of the on one of the rosters. But I don't even know if it was related to Ron. Yeah, was like, Ron's, dig the kid that I played with. Yeah, yeah. John Hextall's son. Yeah. Was his son? Yeah, I played him in Philadelphia. Did he so take his Did he take his gear off and try to like kill someone like his dad no. did or like? Okay. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> think he had the same edge, but he was a great guy. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so I, the 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 one. Well, sorry, Dom. I just wanted to ask this question while we're on the topic of professional hockey players. Sorry. So you get the call. You get the call, or you 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 know that you're going to get the tryout in you know with Utica with the Comets. I mean, what, like, what's going through your head when you get the news that you're going to be, you know, in camp? Dude, I was so excited for you. I don't think you understand. Like, I, I was like, as knowing, like, you're a local kid and, like, being yeah. a huge Pioneers fan, I got so jacked up. I was like, let's go! Let's go! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, that was one of the coolest moments of my life, to be able to, to, to be a part of that um, and, to, and to feel like I belonged out there, too. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was a great learning experience. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about the Utica Comets organization. 
um, and how professional it is from top to bottom. Um, obviously with the Canucks, I, I mean, just being there, I kind of got a feel for, for what it's like, um, in the NHL too. Cause like there's guys coming down and there's guys that have played NHL games that I get to, to skate with and talk to. And, um, but that, that was, that was an unbelievable experience for me and a really cool thing to, to, to be able to say that I was able to do. And, um, but yeah, I'll never forget, forget that phone call to, to, to go into camp. That, that's it's so cool though being down the hall from like you know from the comments like that's right. incredible like they have just as much as coach Heenan said he has the opportunity to sit in and if he needs a power play fix he could go down the hall I mean those guys can come down the hall and see what's what's in their backyard that's incredible yeah I mean just what a great like a great marriage like right there in the in that rink there so yeah you know yeah so. it was very cool yep is the odd, like, in comparison to a real – because, like, obviously the East Coast Hockey League is a professional – like, it's a professional league. You've played some cool plays. Played, I know it was only a couple games, but you played for the Fort Wayne Comets. Like, that's a really well-known organization, especially in that league. Is the odd, like, the place that you've – like, to play, like, that's, like, the best? Or is there, a, like, a place in the league now that's, like, awesome? How's the arena in, in Tulsa? Is it pretty good? No, it's, it's awesome. It's huge. Is it really? It's, like – I think there, I mean, I don't even know off the top of my head, roughly 20,000 people. Really? It's huge. They hold massive here. So, I mean, that's, that's a big reason why we're able to play is because there's, so this season there's, it's limited capacity at almost every arena that we play at. So we're able to have limited capacity here, but when you're putting, you know, I think we have, I think we're able to take 25% capacity of the building. But when you're taking 25% capacity and spreading it over the rink, it looks like there's nobody in there because right. it's how bit huge, but they hold, I mean, they, I mean, you name an artist, they've had them there. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I had no idea it's it was really that cool big. Place. So yeah, it's like, are, are you guys like popular down there? Is it like the only thing to do in Tulsa? Like what's the deal? How's, how's Tulsa? Is it a cool um, city to play in? Yeah. The Golden Hurricane. We're, we're pretty popular. I mean, this year is just different, though, because of well, yeah. the whole attendance issue. But I know in years past, like they have, they have you know multiple sellouts every year. And um, but you know, it's it's a cool place to play, and and yeah, Fort Wayne was a really cool place to play too. But um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate. I've had some some really great experiences at some different arenas. But the odd was, and I'm not, I'm I'm trying to you know attack this question with an unbiased mind, but. Playing it's at the hard. odd was it, it's just different. It's so different. Yeah. Like when, when we would score goals or win games, like that place would erupt. And it was all, uh, it was all loyal fans. Right. And you can't say that about every program, especially not a college program or a division three program. Right. Yeah. It's... Especially like when, like my junior year when we won the league, like that was, it was one of the, it was the loudest I've ever heard in that building. That, oh that, my that, God. That yeah. For, for Comets games and our games. So. Yeah, I um, I was at I don't remember which game. Well, one of the last games of the season that year, and the place just went ballistic. I mean, it's we talk about this a lot, and like I'm sure people get annoyed, but it's just something about those smaller, like old arenas where the fans just like for every one fan, it sounds like there's three fans kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So like in a big arena where you guys have like twenty thousand people, like for the arena you're playing in now, it's like the sound is almost the same, but not as like deep. It's like crazy. It's like hard to explain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. I've, no, I've been I to so many NHL games. Like and I've been to the garden cause I'm a Rangers fan, unfortunately. And the garden like kind of sucks. Like I'm not a fan of it. Cause it's like, it's kind of boring. No, it is. You're laughing, but it like, kind of is like, I don't know. I just don't really care. Like I'd rather go to Buffalo cause it's one, it's closer and two, it's way cheaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the smaller arena. So they're like more like in uh-huh. that. Like, what <laughs> nothing you're just making fun you're just ripping on buffalo i'm not i'm not a fan i'm of not it. ripping on buffalo i'm saying i'm <laughs> saying it's better dude what are you talking about? i'm messing around i'm just what's the score right now are you guys losing uh, yeah, three two no we're not oh okay well anyways yeah from, anyway, from, anyway. from an outsider's perspective from buffalo i i i can't wait to go i just i can't wait like I'm like fired up to go down, drive the Utica, grab a tomato pie, and sit my oh. Italian meatball self right in the front row, and I'm just gonna jump over the bench with some skates and say, "Put me in, Heenan." Yeah, I'll punch someone. There you go. <laughs> Wait, so you don't have tomato pie down there, huh? Absolutely not. D- is uh, is that something you miss about home? Is the food? Yeah, definitely. I uh, no matter where I go, I I miss the food back home. It's crazy. 
yeah. Crazy. We got to have good barbecue down there, right? Barbecue is good. Yeah, really good. Can't complain about that. So what are you doing off the ice, right? So yeah. we talked, you, you obviously like hockey. You're watching a lot of hockey, but when, it, when you're not skating, when you're not watching hockey, what are you up to? Big, um, big Netflix guy, big like other sports, like watch other sports. Yeah, I lo- I'm a big golf fan. Nice. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. Big score <laughs> yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm a I'm a golfer, and like the the weather is getting nicer down here. So we actually were able to. We have ten days off between games right now, which is the biggest break we'll have all year. So uh, there was a big group of us that uh, that got out and played yesterday, and we have like Tulsa Oilers Invitational coming up in a couple days. So Jeez. sick. What do you shoot? Uh, my handicap's at 10 right now. Pretty not bad. Like mid mid to low 80s. Have you played all the time? Like when you spent from the time when you were a kid or was this something you picked up later? Uh, no, I, I played when I was younger. I played on like a junior golf tour. I wasn't, I wasn't very good when I was younger, but I've kind of stuck with it. And it's something I do with a lot of my buddies and a lot of us, like a lot of hockey guys play. So it's kind right. of something we do by default. And I love it, so it's fun. But yeah, between that, I play I play guitar, and I I don't know. So do both today. This keeps happening. I don't. We're, we're no, start- that, that, that's a double win because I pl- I play a, golf. Yeah, we Kanzi and I both play guitar. So this is like yeah. when you get home, it's going to be a whole thing. Okay. It's yeah, they're going to start a band. What's your favorite course at home? My favorite course. Yeah, like back up here. Um. So, I mean, favorite course, that's hard. I mean, I, I like, I like the Anadasis a lot, a lot, but this Woo! past summer I like, I played up at, uh, the turning stone. And I also played Oak Hill this past summer, which is incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a lot of fun. Wow. That's awesome. So, I mean, um, I saw, yeah, I kind of got lucky last summer. That wasn't a whole lot to do other than golf and train and skate. So I was golf, I golfed a bunch and played some pretty cool courses. I also like Scandadoa, like in, in Clinton. I haven't played in it in a while, but the last time I played it, I remember. I mean, I used to play it a lot when I was younger, but I right. haven't played it in the last couple of years. Yeah, he's like, I got to get the back home brownie points. I can't leave that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say, Jonesy? What did you think of the Turning Stone? Would you play Shenandoah or did you play one of the other it ones? It was so – Shenandoah. It was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's – dude, I – can't miss. No, yeah. you, you have to be – I played there twice uh, in the fall, and I – I was like, because this is my first year really playing. And so yeah. I get out there, I shot an 86 and an 84. And I'm not like, that's, that was one of like my best all year. And I, I was like, this is, this is a, a complete fluke. So I'm probably just not going to play there ever again and just keep that as my best score there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that'd be perfect. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's so well manicured though. It's a lot of fun to play the course like that. <laughs> You're never gonna play there again. I'm gonna call it, dude. I don't know. I I played there. I shot really well. And I don't think I could ever duplicate that again. And I'm just gonna get frustrated. When I'm shooting 100 next time. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I I'm so bad at golf. I suck. I'm gonna have to start playing with you just to get better. I'm in. I'll obviously. drive the golf court cart because I can't play. I <laughs> the swing golf I, court. I, I sorry. I swing a golf club like I'm Ken Griffey Jr. One handed, let it fly. Backwards hat. My short game. Yep, that's me. I'm the kid. Yes. Oh, that's so. brutal. Um, off topic. White tape or black tape? Black. Oh, black tape oh, guy. Yeah. Toe covered. Yeah. Toe covered. Yep. You're not one of those whack jobs, like. Through, uh, through my career, a little bit. Like in college, I like like I taped half my stick, and now and then like. I, this is kind of what I did, like through juniors and everything. I, I had very little tape on my stick, and now I got, I got, I pretty much taped the whole blade now. <laughs> Went from doing the Tim Stutzel to the whole blade. Yeah, yeah, that that was last night. Hey, Jamie, how do you tape your stick? Like Stutzel, like what? He goes, ah, I just put like a landing strip, and like that's it. And I was like, wait, what? It's <laughs> <laughs> great. That was amazing. Oh, man. Oh, that's oh. brutal. So. Do you have like some type of weird, like I shouldn't say weird, but like is there like a pregame ritual that Greg Burmester has to go through on a daily basis? Like whether it's game day, like you wake up and like there's a ritual you have to go through, or like take us through game day in the in the eyes of Greg Burmester. Oh, he's gonna be the only yeah, hockey player in the world that doesn't have a ritual. Definitely, 
you know, things that I do in particular on game day. Um, but I mean, just so like, I, I guess I'll use it like this is past weekend is like, I, I mean, I, I pretty much have the same ritual as I did in college to a certain Perfect. extent, but, um, we have, uh, we have morning skate usually. So like, we'll just get up, I'll grab, I'll grab a snack, head to morning skate. And then, um, we'll, we'll usually be on the ice for 20 or 25 minutes. And then, uh, we'll come back. I'll come back to the apartment. I'll make my food. I usually do chicken, sweet potato and broccoli for pregame meal. Mm. Like every time, nice. every, unless I'm on the road and I'm very limited, but that's, that's usually my go-to. And then, um, usually I lay down for a nap, hour nap. Usually keep it. Yeah. Like 45 minutes to an hour. I don't like sleeping. I don't like, I don't like going back into REM. Cause then I'll are, be groggy. So are you a, are you an alarm for a nap guy or you just trust yourself oh, to yeah. wake up? No, no, no. <laughs> I need an alarm. So I'll do that. And then, um, usually just get up, go to the rink. You do a pregame shower. Then, uh, I'll, I'll stretch out. I stick handle a bit, tape my sticks. We do our pregame meeting, but man, there's nothing like in particular that I, I got to say that I do that I have to do before every game. I just like, I have, I have like my, my schedule and that's what I got to stick to pretty much. Fair enough. I mean, it's, we've heard some weird ones, so I was just got to ask, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to think, but oh, I do, I do, I do, I do beet juice before the game. I guess. Wait, wait, wait. There we go. There that's it is. Looking for. Yeah. <laughs> Tried there holding out with the beet juice, and he's like, "All right, fine. Here you go, boys." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's one for. Here's a heater. Yeah, yeah. No, I stick handle, and then well, I drink beet juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does that? Is that something you just started doing one day? Like, is there a story behind it, or is it just is it just completely out of the blue, random, and you can't even explain it yourself? Have you ever had beet juice? I've no. had beet, I've, I've had beet lemonade from Core Life Eatery. That's that's it. I've had the it's powder, a, it's powder a, beet juice. It's a mega super food, <laughs> and it makes you feel incredible. You, you just it puts a lot of oxygen in the blood, and you got to have that. Does it solve so problems? I, games and it, you, you, I noticed a difference when I did it, and I just never changed back from it. I actually started that at Utica. I, did, I never did it beforehand, but I started at Utica and I never never really switched back. Are you like big into it. the big into the nutrition then? Because I feel like that's kind of something you find out if you're a nutrition guy. Uh, yeah, I am like, I, I'm healthy. I'm a healthy eater. I mean, the thing about being down here is that there's Chick-fil-A. Oh, so I gotta, I gotta treat myself. I gotta treat myself to that every once in a while, but for the most, like I'm, I'm, I eat pretty healthy. I mean, I'm not like a super geek when it comes to nutrition. I don't know like everything, but I, I know like the things that, you know, react well in my body and that, you know, that's right. kind of the thing I stick to. I love that you mentioned Chick Fil A too. What's like, your Chick Fil A order? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to ask next. <laughs> yeah, so I do a spicy chicken sandwich. Yep. Yes, you do. With lettuce. Count it. Yep. And then I do, um, I do that as a meal. I do, but I upgrade to a large fry, large drink. Uh-oh. And then I do eight grilled nuggets, which are kind of controversial when you ask, but I, I just like their grilled nuggets. Wow. I never had the grilled nuggets. I get because I get yeah. literally the same order, but I don't get the grilled. I get the regular nuggets, yeah, which is too. crazy. Yeah. And then so, I get so that, that's my order there. And then I do I do Chick Fil A sauce and I do um, honey roasted barbecue, which are almost the same but a little bit different. Uh, well, Kanzi, you guys have Chick Fil A out there, right? Why do we not have Wait, a Chick Fil A? Okay. No, Ritz, what, dude, me, th- Greg, thank you. you. That's what I'm saying. Greg, Greg, Dom, Jonesy. Here's the funny thing about Buffalo and Chick Fil A. Hey, you get one Chick Fil A here. They open like four. Rochester's getting another one. Everyone's like all Chick Fil A, and Utica can't even get one. Well, yeah, no, we got one in Cicero. The issue, the issue is that it's not even in Cicero. It's like north of Syracuse. It's, yeah, it's like, like north like, of, Cicero. of Cicero. Yeah, it's it's stupid. The, the thing with if they put a Chick Fil A in Utica, though, like it'll put all the other fast food joints out of business. Right. That's why. They, that's why. They, Dude, and, and, wait, wait, wait! And Chick Fil A gives them Sunday because they are not open on Sundays. Yeah, they yeah. still put them out. They still put them out. Dude, Conzi, great, great. Jonesy has been he because Jonesy plays professional football in Switzerland. We're getting really into the Chick Fil A talk here, and so he's never home. And you have you've been around like obviously, but like I don't know how much you come home the last couple of years. Legitimately, every time there's like an empty restaurant, like an empty space, they're developing commercial property, whatever. And me and Samantha, my friend, we're just like, please, please. 
And they're like, yeah, we're putting it in a Starbucks. I'm like, ah! Oh! <laughs> like seven of them. <laughs> I'm like, come on. They put it in a Starbucks in the parking lot of the other Starbucks. What is yeah. that? Just give me a Chick-fil-A. Because yeah. then we go to the one in Syracuse, and she's like, can I get you anything else? I go, yeah, this is going to sound weird, but can you give me like 80 Chick-fil-A sauces? Yeah. We don't have one of these around here. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the crazy yeah, thing, out of though. All, is out like, of all the things they could put in that plaza, they put another Starbucks, which you already had there. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. This that is coming from a financial advisor. But, but, yeah, but that we're from have, Utica. We can't afford really, that anyway. Like, there's other places in Utica that have really – like, Utica Coffee, I think, has some of the best coffee, coffee I've ever had. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they put a, they put a, a Starbucks when there's a, when there's a Utica Coffee down the street. It makes no sense to me. See, here's, here's the funny thing, though, is when the Chick-fil-A opened in Rochester, when I was back home – it was in Greece, New York, and they had a town hall meeting about it, okay? A, to- a town hall meeting on whether they should have a Chick-fil-A or not. And I sat there, and this one guy stands up. He's this hefty, real hefty guy, and he goes, boy, you don't want me to have chicken? Like, he just got so <laughs> aggressive about Chick-fil-A. And, like, the judge was like, well, the sandwiches are pretty good, and they're, like, going back and forth. This one lady goes, well, you don't need it. And he goes, I do need it. And it was just a back-and-forth <laughs> argument. And from that day forward, I realized, like, Chick-fil-A has a cult following. It's like worse yeah. than McDonald's, like worse than McDonald's was with like MJ and stuff like Michael Jordan. This is like Chick-fil-A. So Greg, maybe yeah. you could be, maybe you could be the first Chick-fil-A athlete. Yeah. Yeah. It gets an endorsement deal through Chick-fil-A. Oh my God. Yeah. Lifetime supply of Chick-fil-A sauce. Just, you got Greg just ripping a clapper from the blue line. Eat more chicken. It'd be just amazing. <laughs> put, some, put some Polynesian sauce on that one. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's dude, that's that's yeah. hilarious. Um, so are you what? How how does it work like in your current situation? Like, are you under contract? Like, do you guys go year to year? Like, how does it work with you guys? Yeah, I'm under. I mean, I'm under contract. We have to be. We all have to be under contract. But in the coast, it it's 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 yeah, it's hard to explain. But basically, like we sign for our for our salary. Sure. But it, it's not like the American League or or the NHL where like you're kind of like the money you sign for is the money you get. Like our our contracts could be broken up at any time. Like we could we could be here one day and gone the next. It's like right after okay. like that. But, because that was yeah. my, 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 the reason I ask is like, cause I'm just like, what's like, what's next for you? Like, are you staying there? Like, as long as they'll have you, like, do you expect to play? I know you're doing the financial advisor thing, which like, that's almost as interesting as playing hockey as it is itself. Like, how do you get involved with that and do both at the same time? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I mean, I'm, I'm here, obviously I'm here now and I'm, I'm hoping like my hopes are to be here for the season. Sure. And, uh, you know, to have a good finish and, and, and to do well here with these guys. Um, it's hard to say what, what my plans will be moving forward just because it, a lot of it depends on how my performance is going to be this season. Right. 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 So, I mean, the, the, the goal is obviously to, to do well and to move up. Um, but for, for right now, I'm, I'm just focusing on, on trying to do as best as I can here. And then hopefully, you know, it leads to uh, to to a, a, another opportunity here, or, or maybe an opportunity at the next level. But who knows? But I mean, I'm I'm lucky that I have yeah, like like you said, I have my my education. I, I and I'm I'm doing financial planning, but um, I'm able to do that and study and and work on stuff, you know. And I'm in my free time here, so it's right. It's um, I'm lucky that I can do both, and I can do it from where I'm at here. So. Right, right. Fair enough. Uh, either you guys got anything else for this guy? I feel like we kept him for like an hour, but I got one more thing for you, and I, it's just something we said we were going to bring up. So since you're a numbers guy, okay, we'll talk about my <laughs> oh. landlord first. <laughs> no, no, quick, no. Theoretically, to. not your landlord. Theor- theoretically, sorry, Greg. Theoretically, if you had a friend whose landlord called and said that they had a five thousand dollar water bill, and you're billed quarterly. What's what's your first reaction as a numbers guy? Five thousand dollar water bill for for a quarter month, like a quarter quarter quarterly bill. Like you're getting billed, you're getting billed five thousand dollars every quarter. Yeah. What's your first thought? Look at him; he's befuddled. He doesn't even know what to say. He has no idea. So, I just don't understand why this would ever happen. Is this is this you personally? You're dealing with this. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's a friend. He's got a friend. His name rhymes with Joe Conzi Jr. 
No. So my landlord calls oh, me. Oh, one. you're asking for a friend. I think that someone's let. It's a water bill is five thousand dollars. <laughs> Dude, my landlord calls me one day and he goes, "Hey, is your is there a leak going on in your apartment?" And I was like, "Not that I know of." He's like, "I just got a five thousand dollar water bill." And I'm like, "Oh, geez, right?" <laughs> and I got th- I got thinking about it and I'm like. $5,000 water bill would be a lot of water coming out of that house. So my housemate who has a PhD in biology, but very smart with physics goes, let me break this down for a second. He goes on the website, breaks it all down. He goes, a million gallons of water would have to come out of that house. You'd literally have to be standing on your front porch shooting water. That's across unbelievable. The for this to happen, right? <laughs> so from a numbers standpoint, you're probably sitting there going $5,000, right? So he's got me all nervous wondering what I'm going to pay. It comes back the next day and he goes, it was a major oversight. And I turn to him and I go, geez, you think? (laughs) Oh, my God. Unbelievable. That's kind of the only thing I had to ask you is, like, what your reaction would be to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get about it. We're talking about it. I go, yeah, he he does financial advisory. He goes, oh, I can ask him about my water bill. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, if you need another client, I might need to start paying for that water bill soon. I'll need the budget. So, uh, I'll be reaching out to you. H two H two Joe is what they'll be calling me. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. There it is, Conzi. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Jonesy, you got anything else uh, for Greg, athlete to athlete? Uh, actually, I was going to go with the financial advisor angle. Are you Are you into stocks? Random. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are, I, you, are you? Do you like? Are you in the market a lot? Or are you? Just you're not going to ask him about GameStop, are you? No, I was going to ask me if he pays attention to Dave Portnoy. <laughs> um, I'm not day. I'm not a day trader. If that's what you're asking. I, I mean, I, I, I like to, to speculate every now and then and see like if there's uh, something I can take advantage of, but I'm not like, I guess I'm not, uh, I'm not like actively day trading like, like Dave Portnoy would be, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, an, that's, that's a whole nother realm. It like intrigues you a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. It does. Yeah. No, it's Why, really Jones, cool are you trying to get into the stocks? I'm I'm trying to talk money here. I uh the football <laughs> career is going to end at some point and I got to figure out what to do afterwards. I I uh, I took advantage of this whole uh pandemic situation from the get go. Your boys sitting on a pretty pile right now. Same, but it that's why it's get, it's going to be gone soon. <laughs> wait, 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 why? Why Chick-fil-A's in Switzerland? Uh no, golf's expensive. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. That is true. That's crazy. Every- you guys over there. Huh? Everything's expensive in Switzerland. I remember, yeah. like, by, between my uh, my sophomore and junior year, we did a we Oh, did a I forgot, why did I forget to ask you about that? I'm the worst podcast host ever. I forgot to ask you about this. Pretty not great. Yeah. That, that I mean, Switzerland was unbelievable, but, like, it was like a hamburger, no sides, 45 bucks. Where the fuck were you eating in Switzerland? It's $45. <laughs> was that Wagyu? No, we were, did you go, we did you in, get we the... We were in Geneva at some hotel. Oh. Well, you're at a hotel in Geneva, yeah. Well, I live in, in Basel, so not far from Geneva, but it's certainly not 45 bucks for a burger. Oh, I mean. So whenever yeah. you want, if you want to come back over, whenever you're right, I'll be there. I leave in May, and I'll be there all okay. summer. Fair enough. If you can come back over, and I'll get you a burger that's like $8 instead of 45 okay. <laughs> And it'll be just as good. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. What? Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Um, I feel like we could go down a whole rabbit hole with this Europe trip. We'll just say it went well. You guys played great hockey and all that kind of stuff. And you ate expensive cheeseburgers. $45. What kind of BS is that? They might, they just, they it. took advantage of it. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, school bought it. It's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, awesome. What? He was like, not really. He's like, I was, I, was it a good burger at least? Oh, I, I never even ate it. Oh, you didn't even get to it. I didn't even get it. No, I didn't even, I didn't even buy it. I 45 bucks for a burger. I'd rather have Chick-fil-A for 12. Thing. $45. Yeah. That burger need to cook for me. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, $45. You know how far that could get you on the stock market? What are we talking about here? Come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, here we go. Well, we brought it up. I'm just well. saying. You can buy, you know, a couple decent pieces. All right, Greg. Um, I got nothing else for you. I feel like we kept you for like an hour. Uh, thank you so much, guys. You got nothing else? We're good. Oh, just good, just good, good luck this season, and uh, if you need anything, let us know. If you need someone to run through a wall, I'll be up there in Tulsa. Yeah, you got to uh, watch out for those skate blades coming up against your face there, but, huh? 
the, the, wait, you can't bring that up at the end of the conversation. <laughs> no, I mean, I can. No, I mean, I can. I just did. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I figured it was a good sign up. <laughs> who told you about wow. that? Uh, Andy cash. <laughs> yeah. That was, How, a, that was, that was the scariest moment of my life. Did either, do you either guys know, either, you know, you guys know this story? I don't. Uh, do you not want to talk about this? Cause we don't have to. Greg, I would definitely talk about it. These guys haven't seen the picture. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, run through this. And if you could send me the picture, that would be terrific. <laughs> All right, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Can you guys see my screen? Yeah. Uh, Try it. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Oh, sweet Jesus. This yeah. is this 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 part of the episode is getting anim- Jace. This is getting animated. Uh, we have a guy that does animations for the podcast. So. Oh. <laughs> uh. Dude, Greg, I'll send you to me so you have it. Yeah, send it to me so you have it. Well, no, so I can send it to Jason and animate it. Um, but yeah, why don't, if, you, if you don't mind walking us through that, and then we'll wrap this up because I'd love to hear that story from your perspective. Because yeah. like, seeing the picture and like, hearing about it is totally different than hearing about it from your perspective because it's uh. like, you know, it's, that's, uh, the second I heard that, I literally just went, oh, man, I mean – I went from being so excited for this kid that just that is uh, not great. Yeah. So it was the uh, the day before our first game. We were um, we were working on our power play penalty kill, and I was on our kill. I was killing the penalty, and um, I went to go like this. So the puck came up the wall. I went to go poke check the puck, and at the same time, like I was kind of meeting the another guy at the same time. So like I poke checked the puck, but I also hit the guy at the same time and his momentum carried him over my stick and his skate kicked up behind him uh. and just kicked me right in the face. And, uh. um, and I, at the time, like he cut me so clean. I couldn't, I couldn't feel, I couldn't feel, you know, where I was cut, but I saw like blood was spurting projectile from my face. So I, like my first, my immediate reaction was that he cut me in the neck because how much blood there was. I mean, there was blood all, all down, like my hands, arms, all down my, my stuff all over the ice. Like guys were like borderline about to puke on the ice. He's, he's like, I got Clint Millar chucked. So I, uh, no, you remember Richard Zednick? Yeah. 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 I would, that's what I was terrified of. I was like, I just, I just, I'm like, I was terrified. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> so like I, I uh, sh- like shredded my my gloves and like I just grabbed my face because I couldn't feel where the blood was coming from. Just skated off the ice like right to our trainer and he got me like immediately to the to the hospital and it was crazy. But um, they ended up having to tie off. There's a little artery that runs underneath mm-hmm. your chin, mm-hmm. and um, they had to tie off that that little artery to get the bleeding to stop. And then I took 17 stitches. Oh my God. Day uh, before our first game. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really, like, I like looked at that and I, I, I don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight. I'm feeling a little queasy. So, like, God bless you. You guys man. see it? Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. I literally was like, yeah. I put it in our, in our little podcast group. Well, so, I, like, I watched Dr. Pipple Popper and like all oh, plastic yeah. surgery shows, and that by far just trumped all of that. So, thank yeah. you. Was it Did hard you for you to the get first game? Yeah, I was gonna say, is it tough to get back on the ice? Like, what's the deal? Well, the hockey gods are with me because I scored my like my first coach goal that night. The Let's go! Yeah. Let's go! Sick. <laughs> yeah, with my face all all like bandaged up so I can go on the ice. Do you have a? Do you, wait, by any chance, do you have a picture of you in your uniform with bandages on your face? Uh, I think there is one somewhere, but I'd have to find it. If you can find it before me, I need you to send it to to me so I can post it and have it go around the UC like the UC space on Instagram and just so the caption just says Greg Burmaster hockey guy like that's yeah. it. and we could, we could put it next to D Wade in the wheelchair in the in the playoffs <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> and then and then we could send it to Chick Fil A and say this is your athlete I have a, in, uh, I don't even I'd have to find it I think I think there might be one roaming around somewhere but I'd have to look. I'll do some dig into it because like, especially dude, anything like that, because like I made a clip, I, I noticed you're not a big Instagram guy, which is totally cool. But, um, 
I uh, like I made a clip of like there were some games where you played into of like uh, pioneers like the last couple of years like clinching the clinching the conference and just like whatever is like a compilation. It's got like seven thousand views on Instagram. <laughs> like it went nuts. So like a picture of you with your face all busted up would just be. I mean, that's exactly what people <laughs> want to see. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll try and uh, I'll try and find see if they have a picture of me or not, but. Dude, that's awesome. I'll All right. Now now we can uh now we can actually wrap this up. You guys got anything else? We're good. Yeah, no, you yeah, we're good. He's got that just you're gonna be go thinking about that Pepto Bismol. Yeah, oh, God. You're gonna be alright. It looks better now. I mean, look at it now. I say you look all right, yeah, man. No, you look yeah, good. It's, it's not it's a gate. It's, it's, nice. it's not three inches wide of a hole in your chin. It's I, nice. Yeah. Just all, pa- I just won't eat pasta sauce for a week. Yeah, yeah. that's almost part of why I forgot about it. Because like you can't, tell, you can't tell that at one point you had this face yeah. pussy opened up. Yeah. Well, I, I go on a, exactly I, what it looks like. I go on, I go on a weight loss challenge. Kanzi loses forty pounds looking at Burmaster's chin picture. <laughs> Stairmaster, no Burmaster. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Dude, and then lastly, awesome. who wore it better, the weekend or Greg Burmaster? That's the one we got to do on Instagram. Who wore uh, it better, the weekend or Bur- who wore it better? Uh, I think we could do it. Good God, we could do it. But anyways, that's all I got. I'm done. That's brutal. That fire, Conzi. That's fire. I think he froze too, which is like perfect. Let me wrap this up. <laughs> well, Greg, thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. I'll go ahead and wrap this up, um, ladies and gentlemen. As always, follow us on all your social media. Blah blah blah. Thank you. See you next week. Uh, if you're talking, keep it real.